Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast, Episode 3. Oh my goodness, we got here already? I don't know how we haven't been canceled yet, but here we are. Episode You're canceled. Three. You're going to be canceled in a minute. This is Sean <laughs> Harris. And this is Aaron Kosker. And it sounded like you almost forgot your own name there for a second. <laughs> Episode 3, Are You True? For One Tree Hill fans, that is the title of this episode. And of course, we have to amalgamate. He loves the word amalgamate. I love that word. He fucking loves it. I love that word. We have to amalgamate. Every time I (laughs) say amalgamate. And yeah, that too. Y'all are going to get so drunk so fast. Oh, you won't even make it through seven minutes of this episode. (laughs) So we have to amalgamate wrestling into all things One Tree Hill and vice versa. So this episode, Are You True? Episode 3. True truth? Our truth? Are you our truth? That is the episode title. Into the mind of the madness of Mr. Harris. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I added a little bit of spice into that too. You a little know? bit of sugar and spice and everything nice. Something like that. Okay. Amalgamate. Combine or unite to form one organization or structure. He amalgamated wrestling with One Tree Hill. Mm-hmm. What a great word. You just say it a lot. So like it gets stuck in my head all of a sudden every day. I'm like amalgamate, amalgamate, amalgamate. I mean, you're I, obsessed. It's a great word. I mean, <laughs> I could use many other words. I could use combine, merge, mix, integrate, Blend, incorporate, there you go. Meld, mingle, I like incorporate, intermingle. Ooh, I like fuse, that. unite, interfuse, emulsify, compound, interweave, intertwine. There's a lot of words there. Yeah, a lot. So now that I've put my thesaurus away, it is time to get into episode three, Are You Our Truth of One Tree Hill. Last episode, we started with Survivor Series. Emanating from where, Aaron? (sighs) Madison Oval Garden. (laughs) (laughs) Good girl. (laughs) We started with Survivor Series first in the last episode. It went to episode two of One Tree Hill. So we Mm -hmm. switch it back. We do the old Russo Swervsky and we go right back to One Tree Hill first. And then we'll go over the November 18th episode of Monday Night Raw. So episode three, originally airing on October 7th, 2003. We start at the big first game for Lucas playing his first reps with the big varsity team the tree hill ravens it's going down to the last few seconds here Mm -hmm. lucas what does he do 
Ooh, Lucas just gets that three-pointer right at like the five seconds left, like right before the buzzer, or so the right after is, the buzzer. The thing is, Nathan in. is getting double-teamed. They still want him to take the shot, even though he's getting double-teamed, mm-hmm. so he passes off. Or no, he takes the shot. He takes the shot and misses. Jagelski gets, the, gets rebound. the rebound and oh, passes to who? To Lucas. That's wide open. Well, and of course, Jagelski's going to pass to Lucas. He likes Lucas, and he's trying to, like, you know, help him out. He's the only guy on the team that actually confides with Lucas. Yeah. It's the big slow motion movie moment. Mm-hmm. As of every single sporting movie ever has done this, they take the big shot or the big throw or whatever, the big thing at the end, they slow it down real slow, slow motion. I think anyone who's watched a sports movie knows how it goes. And as you watch the ball come down with no time left on the clock, as it tickles the twine, Lucas is the hero to end all heroes. He makes the game-winning shot and makes Nathan look like a jabroni in the process for taking a shot (laughs) on a double team. So post-game, we get introduced to Sherry. Yeah, so first of all, everyone's like congratulating Lucas and stuff. Like he's looking like D-star, like Mm. great job. Oh, he's going to get mad pussy after this. And Karen is there and she's hanging out with Keith, of course, because they're besties. Mm, Besties. (laughs) And Sherry comes up and she's like, oh... Lucas is on the team. You can join Boosters. You want to be a part of the Boosters with my Karen haircut and all my friends with our Karen haircuts, especially when your name is Karen, but you don't have a Karen haircut. Mm. And then she's like, yeah, we start at six ish. Because Karen's like, when do you meet? Like she knows like she's not into sherry's games she's been a bitch her entire life so obviously probably nothing has changed since they were both in high school when Mm -hmm. karen used to be a cheerleader as well yeah so next we go after the game dan's at home and he Mm. is severely depressed by the outcome of this game i mean basically he's such a heel that he's just gonna disown nathan at this point fuck the fact that he had 30 points or 28 points or whatever he had in the game He's literally going to go to him and say, I have no son. Something Dan definitely would do, don't you think? Oh, Dan is terrible. He's a heel. Such a heel, Dan is. He had the college career. He had the high school basketball career. He obviously is trying to live vicariously through Nathan, hoping that his basketball career ends up more successful than his own. Yeah, but Dan also uses what he's doing to Nathan as manipulating. Mm. Like, totally uh, that's manipulating. All he's ever done his entire and life. he just I know he says it as like a, I just want better things for you, Nathan. Like, whatever. But just because you have a goal in mind for your kids doesn't mean they have the same goal. So Mm -hmm. even though you might see something like, oh, my kid should go to school and be a lawyer because I wanted to do that. That doesn't just because you failed doesn't mean your child needs to succeed in what you failed at. Not everybody has to follow in their parents footsteps. And that's a good lesson especially in this show where Mm -hmm. so much of the kids' lives are affected by what their parents do and what they have done in their lives. Mm -hmm. Now we transition to the next scene where Lucas is in his car (laughs) post-game with who? Miss 
Brooke. Miss Brooke Davis. She is in the back seat and she is slowly undressing. She's in her bra. She's already like, in she's her bra. Just getting changed. She's in her bra, and then at one point she unclips her bra, Mm -hmm. and it's her leopard bra, Mm -hmm. and she drapes it over Lucas's shoulder. Yeah. So now she is officially undressed in the back of the car. Cue the old creepy white man, Whitey. Creepy. (laughs) He's creeping on a 16 year old girl looking at her at the back of the car saying, Hey, you got an undressed girl in the back of your car right now. You know he was creeping. You know he saw Brooke go into the back seat of that car half dressed, and you know he wants a piece of that action. No, not necessarily. You got to look at things at a different point of view. So he comes up because he's trying to talk to Lucas. Like Lucas had such a hard time. He was going to quit the team. Mm -hmm. Right. Like last episode. So he comes up and he's like, that wasn't so hard. Like, you know, I need you hitting the gym. I need you doing this. Like you're doing good. And then he notices that Brooke is half naked in the back of the so car. So he comes right up to him and says, hey, I've been watching your girl in the backseat of the car oh my for God. how long? That's not what happened. If they ever like got pissed off at Whitey and started throwing pretzels at him because they didn't like him, they could call them Whitey Whackers. What the hell? <laughs> um, no. Basically, he tells Lucas to get in the gym, stay out of the bedroom, mind, eyes on the prize. Okay? But what if Brooke is the prize? Could be, but at this point, she's a whore. No, not Sophia Bush. I love her. Mm, she kind of is. She's a whore. So, Lucas coming out of this. He's definitely Mr. Popular. Mm-hmm. All the people at school say, hey, nice shot. How's it going? Everybody knows who he is now. He Someone, is, people go to the cafe when he's there and congratulate him. And, he is absolute king yeah. shit after making this huge shot. But the funniest thing is Nathan's line where he says, yeah, he made the winning shot. But he only had 12 points. Does he think he is? Fucking Allen Iverson? I absolutely love that line. And for anybody who's a basketball fan, they will appreciate that. Because at that time, Allen Iverson was one of the biggest, if not the biggest basketball player in the world at the time. LeBron James was just hitting his rookie year. Allen Iverson was an established star. And yes, Lucas maybe did make the winning shot. But yeah, he only did have 12 points. He didn't even lead his team in scoring. But you, you know make, what? It's you make a start, that big though. shot. You make that big shot. That's the first game that his team has won since he's been on the team. True. And he is the reason they won. Because if he had missed that shot, if they had just done Nathan missing the shot and the rebound, whatever, like no one even grabs the rebound. They would have lost. They would have lost and he would have been. So thank you, Jake. Yeah. Thank you, Lucas. Yeah, he would not have been the hero at all. So Nathan is lying in Peyton's room and he notices something about the decor. Because mm-hmm, last room. episode, she got pretty pissed off at him. She did. She got pretty pissed off. Um, she also said that her art doesn't mean anything to anyone. And that's actually what she believes. Um, so she ripped down all of her sketches that mm-hmm. she had hung up all over the walls in her room. So Nathan <laughs> sees that he notices that there's something different with the walls. Mm-hmm. And he says, what, what's going on here? It looks different. And she says, oh, I tore down all my sketches. And Nathan says, what sketches? What a grade A uh, quality class boyfriend 
who has been in her room how many times and never even notices his own girlfriend's sketches on the wall. And here's the thing. So that's his girlfriend of how long? We don't know exactly how long they had been together for. The thing is, so when Sean and I first met, he noticed my CD collection. And every time he came over for a visit... He would look at my CD collection and he'd actually notice if anything changed. If I picked up a new CD or got rid of something or whatever. We got rid of that Nickelback CD real quick. (laughs) Tell you that much. Yeah. But yeah, like it's, you know, we weren't even dating at the time and he notices that. So if a boyfriend that has been around for God knows how long doesn't notice something so like that was literally Peyton's identity was her sketches and her music and for him to not notice something that huge what a piece of shit Mm, yeah that's great a boyfriend material right there Mm -hmm. okay so and if you remember from the last episode Lucas submitted Peyton's sketches that she had thrown in the trash can to Thud. So Peyton actually receives a call from Thud. They're leaving a message on her answering machine. She's sitting in front of her computer and uh, she's doing some sketches. They leave her a message that they're very interested in her having a strip in their uh, magazine. She's like, you could see a little bit of a look, a glimmer of excitement in her face, but then also shock at the same time because she's like, how? Like, I threw those out. She has no idea how those sketches even got to Thud in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, she she tossed them. But you can also tell that she has a bit of suspicion she of who it would be. She has the inkling of who it could have been because yeah. of how much the artwork affected Lucas. She put two and two together and made the assumption that, yeah, it was probably Lucas because her piece of shit boyfriend. Of course, he wouldn't do it. He probably didn't even know they existed. Exactly. And it didn't even know that she was going to submit them to Thud. Exactly. Explain Burning Boat to me. So... With the Burning Boat Festival, they have a boat, they rebuild it every year, and what people do is they take the things that they want to get rid of, burn, and toss it on the boat, and on a specific date, it gets lit on fire, and all of the bad memories, bad juju, whatever, it just burns and washes away i really think we should do our own burning boat festival so you want me to build an entire boat just so we can throw a nickelback cd into it i've also got some old boyfriend bad juju that i could uh, really get rid of <laughs> mm, you're speaking my language now so i'll get right on building this fucking boat i guess yeah you know it's with your bare hands right i i think you're thoroughly overestimating my handyman skills (laughs) i know i'm more the handyman than you are Mm. they have this burning boat festival this is what they do every year every single year whitey makes a really epic joke because now he's the guy hosting it because the guy that used to do it died and Mm. he just makes that he's just like he's fucking dead no he's like so it's me now most of you are probably expecting whatever the good dude's name is. Yeah. Well, He's he dead. died. He died. <laughs> he so died. Great. I love Whitey. <laughs> so leaning back to the last episode, Lucas is going to put his last name 
name tag from the back of his jersey on that burning boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What makes better sense. thing could he possibly put on burning boat? It kind of does make sense. Yeah. I like it. It's like symbolic in a way, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. He just, he doesn't resonate with that name. He feels like it's not who he is. You think you'd ever change his name to Ro? Like his last name to Ro? I don't know. Gotta watch and find out, bro. Mm, no spoilers, I guess. Unfortunate. No. <laughs> and then we get Lucas at his locker with Peyton. And what do we find in Lucas's locker? Well, Brooke's walking up and she just like, saying hi to her best friend and Lucas and he passes her the leopard print bra how saucy yeah I liked it it was a good move I like how Peyton called Brooke the school's welcome mat. No, she called the bra the welcome mat. She's like, oh, the Brooke Davis leopard print bra, that thing's like a welcome mat. Uh, (laughs) You got to listen to the way they say things. Mm, The cadence. Yes, I understand. Just like wrestling. And it's great because she's, Brooke's like, it is what it is. And then Peyton's like, maybe he's gay. And Brooke's like, no, I think he's just nice. Because that is, that is how Lucas is. He's not a guy that's just going to take advantage. I was really nice to you on our first date. You thought I was a gay serial killer. Okay, you wanted to meet me at the Tim Hortons by basically the truck stop right off the highway. And on your Facebook page, you had no pictures of you with your ex-wife. You only had... Pictures of you with other dudes. Are we gonna review One Tree Hill here or what? I don't know. You're the one that uh, made the. She's reference. just cutting a fucking promo on me right now. Well, Facebook status is notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. We'll move on mm-hmm. to something I'm sure you've liked to do to me in the past, present, or possibly future. Lucas is taking a shower at the school. <laughs> And all of a sudden, somebody takes his towel, they take his clothes, he's got nothing, he's buck-ass naked. And all that's left is two basketballs, just chilling. Just something there to cover his junk up. Whitey walks by him completely. He's he's going into the school hallway with two basketballs covering his junk and his butt. I'll get you a one-way ticket to the cop shop, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) But Whitey, fucking legend, no-sells the (laughs) shit of it, walks right by him. Mm -hmm. Just doesn't even bat an eyelash. I, I keep gaining, besides being an old creepy man to Brooke and stuff, he definitely is, I don't know, I like this guy. I love his line when he walks by. He's like looking down at his notepad or his clipboard, whatever. And he's like, and I was just getting used to low waist jeans. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great line. Let's yeah. go, ball boy. <laughs> he's very, he endears himself to me quite a bit as the show goes on. I really like this guy. He's one of my favorite characters for a reason. So after that, he has a conversation with Nathan and he's switching him to small forward, no longer a shooting guard. Mm -hmm. Nathan, obviously not too happy with that news. He's a natural shooting guard. Yes, he is the best player on the team, but now they want to try him out at small forward. Yeah. And it's a lot of it too is Whitey's trying to put Nathan in his place. Whitey knows that Nathan goes to Dan after any practice, any game, and, you know, 
talk shit whatever by, by proxy he's trying to put dan in his place as well yeah. and so when he does these things he's like i'm the coach dan is not very true. And you see later on, like, throughout well, the series. Dan's literally drinking his sorrows away once again. It looks like he just wants to end it all. His son's a complete fucking failure. Yet he is still the highest scoring guy on the team. It's not like he mentioned that fact. Well, that's the thing is Dan's never going to admit it. He's only going to talk to Nathan about the bad things. Yeah. You did this wrong. You did this. Like, I would have done this if I were you. You should have done this. And it's like, we get it. You think you are the best thing in the fucking world when it comes to basketball in Tree Hill. Your career is over. You're done. Shut the fuck up. You own a car dealership. It's get fucking over, over it. It's fucking over for him. Okay, so Nathan... And the team are starting to haze Lucas. And it's not just like basic shit. Like they're trying to start out small and be like, it's just going to get worse if you stay on the team. But it's getting to the point where it's like extremely manipulative. Even going as far as there's a scene where Haley and Lucas are walking through the hall at school together. And Nathan looks at Tim and says, who's the chick he's always hanging out with? There, Tim's just like, I don't know. Like, who knows? So Nathan kind of like has something click in him that maybe he can use her to his advantage. Just do some really shitty things. He does all kinds of things. They soak his clothes. Um, they steal his wallet. They do everything. Break into his locker. Do you think at some point maybe they might take him hostage? Maybe take him to the locker room, strip him down naked, get out a samurai sword and choppy choppy his pee pee? Wow. I'm guessing that's something that happens in uh, wrestling. <laughs> if you're out there and you're a wrestling fan, I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's a... Uh it goes they go to some extreme lengths nathan decides he finds out that Haley is a tutor his way to try and use this to his advantage is he's kind of shit at school all he really has going for him is basketball sports yeah he's fucking idiot he gets like a thing like a note to say that he needs a tutor and Haley has been assigned as his tutor so he approaches her and she's like uh no I'm not tutoring you. You got to find someone else or I'll find you someone else. This isn't happening. Lucas is my best friend. And Nathan's just like, okay, whatever. But he's not going to drop it. He goes and he gets an F on an English exam. He goes to her and he's like, oh, so I'm going to be fine. And she's like, great. And he's like, yeah. F means fine, right? Mm. <laughs> Transition to Peyton. Thud now officially wants Peyton doing a weekly strip. Mm-hmm. So what does how does that kind of work with Peyton? Because they want her to change it up a little bit from her actual style. Yeah, they want her to go more mainstream and more cheerful. But that's not exactly who Peyton is. Yeah, she's a cheerleader. Yeah, you would think, but she's definitely the least cheery cheerleader yes. on earth. Yeah, very yeah, <laughs> very opposite of what a cheerleader is. She's the baby face, but Sherry, 
She's a fucking heel. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so Thud wants Peyton to do a strip, but they want her to make some changes. So she talks about how that's not who she is. And they're like, okay, well, if we don't take it, she's like, you'll miss the 5% where I am. Like that kind of person. Mm-hmm. 95% of the time, that's not me. Yeah. But if you say no, you're not going to get that other percent. Five percent, and they they realize like she's young, and they're nervous that she's not going to be able to make deadlines. But if anyone knows Peyton, they know that her passion is her art. And I feel that when you're that age, you have more time than you ever would as an adult. So you'd probably be able to make those deadlines a lot easier than an adult would. Yeah, she's got school and cheerleading. That's all she's really got going. That's it. Sherry just has being a bitch. That's all she has to do. So she's having her big (laughs) booster meeting. Mm -hmm. And then Karen comes in late because she's there at 6-ish. Yes, and Sherry's like, oh, no, sweetie, we meet at 5. I told you 5. Yeah, no. We can read subtitles, bitch. That's right. We can. (laughs) And what does Karen call Sherry? They're talking about like the high school days and stuff. And she's like, oh, you're a petty little bitch. Same petty little bitch you were in high school. And Sherry's like all offended. And all the other moms are like, so why does your son get the leading spot on the team? He's new. Like he hasn't proven himself like these boys. Why are our boys not up to that standard, but yours suddenly is. Because he's good. Yeah, and Karen makes that point. Because he's good, he's there, he's having fun, you know, he deserves it. But he's not good enough to not let anything happen to the river court because it is straight fucked up. Oh, he goes to the river the court. This is more of that hazing business that's going on. He goes. That hoop is all kinds of fucked up. Bent out of shape. It looks like Hulk Hogan Trash went over there. Everywhere. Looks like Hulk Hogan went over there, spray painted NWO all over the fucking oh backboard. God. It is just an absolute shit mess over there. He's going to need some magic eraser, but he's just using a regular brush. He probably should use some magic eraser. And hopefully maybe Mr. Mm-hmm. Clean and magic eraser, hey, maybe one day they can get us a sponsorship for this podcast. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Of course he would. Nathan's very persistent, though. He keeps calling Haley Mm -hmm. over and over. He wants this to happen. He He wants to manipulate. He calls her at the cafe, and he's like, oh, can I speak to Haley? And she's like, yeah, this is she. And then he's like, oh, yeah, it's Nathan. I need help. And she's like, yeah, wrong number. (laughs) And Karen's like, Karen gives her two uh, cents. Yeah, Karen gives her two cents. So Haley doesn't go into specifics about who's asking her to tutor him. She doesn't tell her that. She does say that he's kind of a bad guy. Karen kind of comes out and says, like, you never know. He might surprise you. And actually puts physically two pennies on the counter in front of Haley. Just my two cents. Mm -hmm. Well, my two cents is that the rest of the basketball team, they are going to kidnap Lucas because he's supposed to meet Haley for a movie. Haley and him were supposed to go to a movie. Haley's already in front of the theater and... Lucas was coming down kind of a side alley. Just before he kind of hits that alley, he's behind the building and the team pulls up in a Dodge Grand Caravan (laughs) and they put a burlap sack 
over his head and fucking and kidnap the guy kidnap him and they're gonna take him backstage and chop off his peepee with a fucking samurai sword that's not what fucking happens they take him to no. like this muddy marsh and throw him into a puddle his phone is destroyed he's you know they've tied him up and they're saying you know like just quit the team man quit the team and yet Lucas realizes and with the help of Jake knows that if he just can continue to take this punishment, continue to take the high road, which he does not want to do, but mm, he continues to no. do, he understands that eventually they'll let up because they know that this kid is not going to give up on them. So when they get to practice, he's not getting the ball. No one wants to pass him the ball except for Jake. They're not giving him the rock. So what does he do? He steals the ball. He just steals it. Just steals the ball. From his own From team. his own fucking teammate. And yeah, not exactly the best looking practice, but hey, if you got a shot and you're not getting that rock, fucking take it, man. If they're going to be dicks to you. But he's just trying to assert his dominance yeah. over a lot of these guys who are hazing him. And Whitey's calling them out, too. He's like, you're not passing him the ball. So yeah, he is going to steal from his own team. But he also makes the point... You're a team. You need to play like a team. A team that plays basketball, not a team that plays football, which Haley mistakes Nathan for. <laughs> yep. Ultimately, we have an ultimatum here going forward with Haley and Nathan. She likes to talk about how he is all about scoring his touchdowns, which is a completely the wrong sport, but I'm sure Haley knows nothing about any sports. But there is an ultimatum here. Yeah, so Haley says she'll tutor Nathan under two conditions. First, Lucas cannot find out. Second, Nathan needs to and the team needs to leave Lucas alone. Just let the fuck up. They've done enough to him. They need to realize that enough's enough. Yeah. And she's hoping that maybe this will help. Maybe maybe if she talks to Nathan and he gets the team to let off and she tutors him, they'll just chill and Lucas will be able to play and not get hazed. It'll stop and they'll just start to accept him. Yeah, hazing is a pretty normal part of being a rookie on any kind of sports team, but definitely when you're chopping peepees and kidnapping people, it's well, getting a little bit too far. Like Nathan says when they're doing that scene, he's like, yeah, normally we would pull out a keg and mm -hmm. tell some it's war stories. It's the initiation. That's when you'd become part of the team. But in this case, we're not letting up. Just leave. Just go away. Yep. They don't want him there because Lucas is going to show them up. And Nathan, Nathan yeah. doesn't want that. Nathan knows that Lucas has talent and he doesn't want to be kind of pushed out of the spotlight. Major sibling rivalry going on there. And they don't even act like siblings. And they're not even siblings. Well, they're they only are. Half they're half-siblings. Half -siblings, they're only half-siblings. Yeah. They're like the Dudley boys. Whitey is at Burning Boat, and now people are starting to throw in their possessions, things mm -hmm. they want to get rid of the bad juju, throw it on the Burning Boat. Yeah, Karen gets rid of her cheerleading sweater. Uh, you know what, though? Karen, she's a bit of a... She's a little milfy. Really? Yeah, she's a little milfy. Besides the, you know, the the constant I'm smelling shit face. Oh, my God. Besides that, she's a little milfy. I, I dig her in a cheerleading, cheerleading outfit. I liked her hair better in uh, later, later seasons. Later seasons. 
How does she do it in later seasons? You'll see. Oh, you can't even tell me hairstyles from nope. later seasons. Well, guess nope, what? Nope, I'm nope. not telling you Stone Cold Steve Austin's hairstyle come 1999. He's bald. He's bald. You're obsessed with the guy. I know well enough to know that he's bald. He stays bald. Wow. Way to no sell Stone Cold Steve Austin's hairstyles post shaving his head. But yeah, you are right. He never tries to grow back here. He had a receding hairline for a bit there and he just, he just bit the bullet and shaved his head and never went back and fair enough unless he were to get a wig and start wearing that yeah he has no hair you can't trick me (laughs) i think i could down the line and here we are getting close to the end of the episode Haley and nathan yeah so before burning boat actually Haley and nathan uh meet up this was the morning of burning boat first tutoring session and nathan has a box of cracker jacks, jacks. i used to fucking eat cracker jacks all the time back I in never the had day them. fuck you open the box you get like a little cd rom you get a little magnifying glass or some cool toy just like a cereal box it's the best shit i never ever tried cracker jacks when ever we, in my life when we were kids and we would drive with our parents if they were bad drivers we would say where'd you get your driver's license a box of cracker jack wow yeah that's rude um yeah so he opens this box he opens up his prize inside and it's a bracelet just a plastic bracelet and he's like oh it's for you and puts it on her wrist he's like don't say i never gave you anything Mm. yeah then they get into the tutoring session but when they are at burning boat lucas calls out nathan and gives him this can of spray paint from the river court that he mm-hmm. found they're kind of having a little tiff about it nathan's like oh i'll deny it like whatever so nathan goes off and does his own thing lucas goes and meets up with Haley. At the river court, they're sitting at a picnic table watching from the other side of the river, the burning boat. Mm-hmm. Haley's still wearing the bracelet. She never takes it off throughout mm. the day. Lucas notices and he's like, oh, hey, nice bracelet. And she's like, oh, thanks. Oh, and like, yeah. kind of like pulls thanks. up her sleeve and kind of hides it. Yeah, because we know what road that's going down possibly. And then Lucas also asks her like, oh, so where were you today? What'd you do today? And she's like, oh, nothing. Mm-hmm. She's trying to null sell that she's hanging out with Nathan. Well, because, I mean, that's the thing. She doesn't want Lucas to find out because she knows that he'd be fucking pissed. But just... I mean, I would be, too. If my best friend was going and hanging around with the my person that enemy. I hate the most, <laughs> yeah. I would be furious. Like, no, that's not happening, girl. Yep. And then finally... Peyton, my wonderful Peyton, she gets that call from Thud. Yeah, they uh, give her a call. They She got her strip into them. Uh, she hit the deadline and they're impressed. They like it. They're going to run it in the next issue. She's stoked. She's clearly stoked. And it's all because of Lucas. Mm, love Lucas. So this episode has come to conclusion I have to say it wasn't a bad episode. I think I liked the first couple episodes a little bit more. This one fell off a little bit. There are some good parts. There are some bad parts. Overall, though, it wasn't too bad. I, I really do like the Alan Iverson line from Nathan. That gave me a little would. crack. Uh, what was your favorite scene of the episode? I think the one that kind of hits 
is probably when Nathan and Haley are doing the first, mm, first tutoring tutor. session, mm-hmm. just because a lot is going to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of, you're going to see different things develop. It's just wild. It's wild to see Nathan trying to play the nice guy. And like he's got no ulterior motive with what's going on with this tutoring thing. You know, she's probably figures that something's up, but you never know. Never know. And you never know what's going to happen in the World Wrestling Federation. On November 18th, 1996, this edition of Monday Night Raw, cold open, straight into it. Yeah, Stone Cold like Steve that. Austin's coming right to the ring. His music's hitting the glass breaks. I didn't like, I don't know. I think it's just because we're getting the contrast of we're watching One Tree Hill. They get into some scenes, but like you kind of, you get to see kind of a recap, right? You see a recap, you get the intro song, and then it leads into the scenes. It's not like all of a sudden, oh shit, we're kicking ass. That's, oh, it starts, the moment it starts, we're fucking kicking ass. That's the Attitude Era, brother. So it is like car crash TV where one week you'll get the intro and they'll introduce some stuff and they'll get into it. And other weeks, one guy's just going to be rushing to the ring and the other guy's going to be sneak attacking him while he's halfway down the ramp. You never know what'll happen in the World Wrestling Federation Week to week, show to show, you just don't know. It's unpredictable, and that's what they were going for. It was very overwhelming. Ergo, the competition at this time, WCW, was firing on all cylinders. They were fucking pissing on WWE with the ratings, and they were the number one company at this time. WWE has never been challenged since Vince McMahon came in to run this company to be the number one wrestling company in the world until Ted Turner has WCW sunk a bunch of money in it, hired Eric Bischoff, and they got Hulk Hogan, and they got Macho Man Randy Savage, and they got all these guys. They got Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Fake Razor and fake deals, Diesel are a thing because Kevin Nash and Scott Hall left the company for WCW. Did you know that Kevin Nash was in Magic, Magic Mike? Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin Nash has been, uh, he was in The Longest Yard. He was been in a bunch of movies. He was Master Shredder in one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies as well. But it was really funny to see him try and be a stripper. Yeah, he's kind of a silver fox these days. I love Kevin Nash. Mm-hmm. He was a good looking guy back then. He's a good looking guy now. All the props to Kevin Nash. But WCW were dominating the ratings. So WWFE they had to up their game. So they had to make their show unpredictable. That's why they do things like this. You never know what'll happen in the WWF. Mm-hmm. So Stone Cold Steve Austin, he was supposed to face Vader going into this Monday Night Raw, but because at the pay-per-view, mm-hmm. that shitty thrown out Survivor Series match with Vader and Flash oh, Funk, the pimp. That and, one that I could and all that, slept through. Could have taken a goddamn nap. Yeah, we could have taken a nap ski through that one. <laughs> and Yokozuna had his little side slam rock bottom to Vader at the show, put Vader out of action. So now who's going to replace Vader to face mankind in this tough man competition? What is a gross fucking kind? Gross kind? Gross kind. Mm. What about people kind? Because no. mankind isn't exactly appropriate anymore. Is it people kind now? I don't know. He's gross. Either, either way, he's gross kind. He's mankind. He's Mick Foley. 
he is the substitute and you know it because Austin's halfway down the ramp and mankind he's probably running as fast as no he's not running fast at all because he's a big fat slow guy at this time (laughs) and through pretty much all of his career but he's running down as fast as he can and he sneak attacks Stone Cold Steve Austin when he's down the ramp and now we get into once again how useless referees are fuck there were four of them where are they when they're actually needed one ref is in the ring he gets a bump and then all the other refs are just sitting there twiddling their thumbs like oh he'll get it he'll get it this is a tough man competition i don't even understand what a tough man competition is isn't every match a tough man competition you would think it's fucking wrestling but anyways this tough man uh, competition in quotations these refs are so fucking useless i don't understand why they want to try to stop this pull apart brawl because a it's a tough man competition so it's probably no the wrestlers are bigger than them exactly (laughs) that's why four of them can't do anything to them and secondly Uh. they're going to the ring for a match anyways you may as well just let them brawl down the aisle and get in the ring and start the match as opposed to trying to pull them apart it makes zero sense it's so fucking stupid it was chaotic (laughs) yeah it's uh it was a little much there but we all know how much aaron loves Between his noises and mankind's (laughs) noises, (laughs) holy fucking shit, I almost put my earplugs in. (laughs) I mean, half decent match, pretty good back and forth. Mankind and Austin, usually pretty good in the ring at all times. Both great workers, couple cool spots. Mankind bumps like a boss, but how does it end? The executioner who made the run in at Survivor Series Mm -hmm. to grab Undertaker before Paul Bearer gets his just desserts, which we all know he's had enough desserts in his career. Oh, my God. Rude. (laughs) Oh, are you defending Paul Bearer now? No, I'm just. Wow, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Executioner Terry Gordy makes his way down to the ring and executioner and mankind double team Steve Austin. So who gets the win here? I guess nobody. Fuck everyone. Fuck everyone. Fuck everyone. There is no winner. They don't announce a winner. I would assume Austin gets the win by disqualification because Executioner came down and they just threw her out. Executioner and Mankind double teaming Steve Austin. And here comes the Undertaker. Yeah, he just fucking like walks in there slowly like... Fuck everyone. I'm going to fucking rip shit up. That's what The Undertaker does. He fucks everyone up. He comes and people get fucking scared of that guy because he's an intimidating dude. Six, ten and a half, three twenty five from Death Valley. He's almost two feet taller than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's a big dude. But he runs off mankind and executioner and paul mm-hmm. bear and what does stone cold steve austin do to the undertaker so doesn't he just put his arm out and be like Whoop, bye bitch <laughs> <laughs> wow so he just sticks his arm out and goes boop and says bye bitch <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what he does. Undertaker lands on his feet after the little boop and gets 
It's back in <laughs> yeah, that was wild. He just like goes over the fucking rope, three sixty, and lands on his lands on his feet. fucking feet, and he does it every single time he gets close. He just stares him down, like, "All right, bro, dude, We're done the, messing around." Dude, the Undertaker doesn't <laughs> fuck around. Like he is legit every time. And by the way, that's not a boop. That's a clothesline. <laughs> Whatever. Austin clotheslines the Undertaker. <laughs> Does the 360 <laughs> over the top rope onto the floor, lands on his fucking feet because yeah. he's a cat. You see that match that he had with Mankind where he walked on the top rope, like walked all the way across. I'm not that agile. Like, Pretty amazing You shit. know me, like one of our first times hanging out and going to a concert together, we were just walking down a nothing. flat sidewalk and i tripped on nothing you literally tripped on and nothing. another time we were at the save on foods parking you tripped lot on nothing and we were going again to my car and all of a sudden i was just on the ground on the other side of the car and he's like where'd you go there was another yeah. time we we're hanging out at your place and you tripped on nothing hurt your ankle and you wanted to throw up because you hurt ankle <laughs> You know what? Pain makes me feel sick to my stomach, okay? Pain makes mankind feel good, though. Undertaker does the 360, lands on his fucking feet like a cat because he's so goddamn agile, gets back in the ring, Mm -hmm. and what does Austin do? He takes the powder. He leaves the ring. He wants none of that. You fuck around, you find out, and Austin (laughs) doesn't want to find out when it comes to the Undertaker, at least not yet. Yeah. So we go from a match that wasn't too bad of a match. It was an okay for a show I think opener for the entire the show. That's probably that's the best match. It was of the, the best show. part. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Anything with Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be the best part of the show. We know this. Yep, you love him. You'd marry him if you could. Mm-hmm. But then, sorry, you're married to me, bitch. Boop. Ahmed Johnson is coming down the stairs. Uh, we have not met Ahmed Johnson yet. You have not met Ahmed Johnson yet. No. Just this huge, huge African-American gentleman just walking down the aisleway in the crowd. They said he had a ringside seat, but I guess they couldn't really put him in a nice seat. He's kind of in the cheap seats in New Haven, Connecticut here. <laughs> He's quite a few rows up. Yeah. Ahmed Johnson, he hasn't been around in a little while because Farouk, Farouk. Farouk the Farouk put him out of action. He went after those kidneys, took him down. Ahmed hasn't been around for a little while. Ahmed's looking to get his revenge on Farouk and the Nation of Domination. So he's sitting in the crowd in the cheap seats because they can't put him up in a nicer seat. Sunny comes down, Miss Downloaded, Most Downloaded Woman of 1997 comes out, and she joins the commentary team because she used to be the manager for Farouk. So that's mm-hmm. why she is at ringside. What do you think of Sunny? How do you think? I mean, she's pretty roll tied back then. 96, 97, Sunny. She's a 10. Eh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really have like a specific opinion about her. The only thing I really know is when she's there, she's always at the announcer table trying to like flirt. And they're like, oh, yeah, hey, baby. And it's kind of creepy. Jerry the King Lawler, his character is he's a creepy. literal creep. He is the biggest creep you will see going forward. Like yeah. nowadays too, like watching it, I know we're not supposed to like think of it in today's context, but at the same time, like that would be something that I'd be like, no, that's not okay, bro. Like 
I will fucking cut your dick off <laughs> if you even look at me sideways. Yeah, textbook misogyny in the Attitude Era. I, it's yeah. Yeah, very different time. I know I have to like really push that out of my head. And there's a lot of things too in One Tree Hill that that was in 2003 and yeah. so on. Yeah, like, very different time. A lot of it's not going to be okay nowadays. So I think of that but at the same time like it is hard for the wrestling part like especially when she's dressed the way she's dressed and guys are like oh yeah sit on my lap baby yeah like no that's not cool yeah yeah that that was the business that's and and women never got a fair shake in the business for such a long time they were treated as quote-unquote divas they were not mainly wrestlers they were kind of just there for eye candy also because also because vince mcmahon is a literal piece of shit but again very different time take it out of the 2023 context it's just different that's what it is it's just sometimes hard so we get a commercial for WWF in your house on PlayStation One. Oh my god, that was so funny! <laughs> I love that. One. PlayStation One. Uh. So again, dating this back to 1996. Mm-hmm. This is the second arcade game uh, for WWF that has come out. Definitely not as good as the original WrestleMania, the arcade game, which came out on Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, and PlayStation One. Much better game. Kind of a Mortal Kombat style fighting game, but wrestling. So very over the top arcadey styles. That was the first game, and I had it on three consoles. Don't ask me why I had one game on three separate consoles. Oh, believe me, I've seen your video game collection. It's in our fucking living room. In Your House is not a part of that collection because eh, it just didn't hit like the original WrestleMania the arcade game did. But I digress. Dates to 96. So we have Farouk come out. Hmm. Farouk the Farouk comes out with PG-13, otherwise known as JC Ice and Wolfie D, the N.O.D. white rappers. Mm, Yeah. And I think they're hilarious. Because the nation of domination is literally like an African-American stable about like black power, black lives matter, and they have two white guys wrapping them to the ring. Yeah, that's kind of funny. It's pretty funny. And although they're terrible rappers, that's kind of the point of it. He has a match with Savio Vega, and we don't even realize it's Savio Vega until after the commercial break because he gets the jobber entrance. It's dark when he's coming out, and we don't even get anything for Savio. And this match goes on way too fucking long, and they keep the camera on Ahmed Johnson. Oh, my God. They have a creepy... So WWF has a weird obsession... Of creepily watching people watch people. The mat. (laughs) It's really weird and it makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) I don't like it. Because then you look at the screen, I'm looking at the TV, and I just see this dude staring at me. Yep. And I don't like it. I know he's not staring at me. He's watching the match, but it looks like he's staring at me and I don't like it. And I'm really glad I'm not stoned when I watch that because I would have probably been like, no, turn it off. The double feature I never understood because they're showing the match, but then they're showing Ahmed watch the match. 
why can you just like Straight do faced. do a quick cut to him, show him that he's watching the match, cut back to the match? Why do you have to keep Ahmed on the screen with the match like 20 separate times? Oh. What is the point of doing this? I understand that Ahmed wants to get back at Farouk and the nation. I understand that if he, he wants to get making, his vengeance. If he was like doing something he was or looking, saying something, he's literally just watching he was looking like he was gonna ask some other people beside him for some chips or something that's yeah, what he was doing pass me the cotton yeah candy. get me some oh the cotton candy <laughs> guy oh dude cut a promo this cotton candy oh guy oh my god he's at every, every time, show every time he's at every show he walks by and i'm like cotton candy cotton candy. and ahmed's like hey can i get a little bit of that cotton candy over here yeah i gotta watch a some, Farouk that, some and, uh, popcorn gotta watch a fucking farouk and savio vega match i gotta be eating something yeah so yeah you're right wwe is pretty creepy af with (laughs) watching wrestlers watch wrestlers on double features over and over again and it's funny because they had the double feature of him watching the match they cut to commercial break and they came back and he was still watching the fucking match so they leave for two minutes was he watching it the entire fucking time like did they have the double feature on the entire time when they went to commercial they must have (laughs) i guess he had to finish his cotton candy on the fucking on the feed whatever i don't know, I don't know. so we get the aforementioned two by four farouk mm-hmm. brings a two by four a little piece of wood to the ring and i mean maybe he wants to build a table or something could you know farouk yeah. may have some handyman maybe he's a carpenter you know i mean a lot of wrestlers have jobs maybe he's a carpenter maybe yeah you never know he's a handyman of some sort he just moonlights as the leader of the nation of domination yeah, why not? Gets that two by four involved, smacks Savio around with a little bit, and that's what prompts Ahmed to start running down the ramp, or not the ramp, the stairwell, to get to the ring and start going after the NOD. So mm-hmm. he jumps in the ring. Of course, Farouk, he takes the powder. He's out of there. He doesn't want anything to do with Ahmed because he knows that Ahmed's coming Peace for him. bitch. Oh, yeah. He knows Ahmed's coming for him. So Ahmed, <laughs> and I love it every time Ahmed Johnson grabs the mic because it's going to be pure gold because you'll probably understand about 17% of what he is saying. That percentage may change every once in a while. Could change to 24% maybe 32%. And in this promo, I'd say maybe almost 50%. I can understand. I understood most, most of of what he said, but most of the time Ahmed's promos are damn near incomprehensible. (laughs) There's some, it doesn't help that like they're talking into microphones and the way that microphones often put out like what the person's saying Mm -hmm. It garbles it quite a bit. There's feedback, and then there's crowd noise, and it's hard to hear sometimes. So I don't blame him for that. Sure. But, you know. But there's a couple videos I need to show you online of Ahmed trying to cut a promo, but they subtitle it, and it's pretty fucking phenomenal. Kind of like, what's his name from Motley Crue? misheard lyrics exactly what it is but it's for Ahmed Johnson and his mm-hmm. incomprehensible promos so he says something about getting uh, back at Farouk and says he you're going down you're going down you're going down that's his big thing you're mm-hmm. going down down to what i don't know is he gonna go down for a three count that's really what we need him to do but he's going down he, you're going down 
And you know what else is going down is this next segment where Bob Backlund, former world champion, faces Sonny in a karate fighters tournament match. What the <laughs> fuck were they what the thinking? Fuck? That was weird. These days you get Pepsi and Mountain Dew and Snickers and all these brands endorsing the WWE. And back then they had fucking karate fighters. I mean, if you want to hear about karate fighters, go back to our first episode and you'll get my promo on karate fighters. So I'll just completely bypass that segment and go to Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon has a very heartfelt promo about the former world heavyweight champion, Shawn Michaels, wow. says that. Shawn Michaels, he was very distraught about what happened to Jose Lothario at Survivor Series. And he is the most charismatic. Sounds like he's in love. <sighs> That's the thing. Vince <laughs> has a major hard on for Shawn Michaels. Mm. Major hard on. So he cuts this heartfelt promo for HBK saying that he will be back and he will have a shot at that title. He'll have his rematch. We don't know when, but one day he will have that rematch. But for now, Bret Hart has that next match at the December pay-per-view against Psycho Sid. But before we get to that final promo, which closes the show with Sid, we get another match, another tag team match. And you could literally hit the skip button on this match. <laughs> we get Doug Furness and Philip LaFon fresh off their win over Owen Hart and Bulldogs team at Survivor Series against Thurman Sparky Plug, oh, Bob yeah. Holly. Didn't I like walk off to like go to the bathroom? Oh, you came back drink? and you didn't miss a damn thing. You didn't even like pause it. You were didn't just like, to. yeah, go ahead. Whatever. <laughs> didn't Doesn't have to. matter. Because I knew who was in it. NASCAR man, Thurman Sparky Plug, Bob Holly, and Nissan. And he's name. teaming with Nissan Leaf Cassidy. Mm-hmm. We're two. We're one day removed from Survivor Series. Where Marty Janetti, I think he party martied too hard. Marty genitalia. Genitalia was party Marty and too hard <laughs> after the Survivor Series. He couldn't even make the match, so they needed Thurman, Thurman, to team with Nissan Leaf Cassidy against Furness and Lafon. The only good thing about this match, though, is that we got a promo from who? Oh, oh, my bud. Tassel Boots. <laughs> Tassel Boots Bulldog with the promo. Him and Owen. He's such a sweet little princess. And Clarence Mason. Now, I don't know you know who, who, who Clarence Mason is now. He no. came out with Farouk. <laughs> okay. He came out with Farouk. He's a lawyer. Came out with Farouk, and he was also in the middle of Owen Bulldog in oh, their mid match promo. That little skinny guy. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, exactly. But okay. he's holding Owen Hart's Slammy Award. What the fuck is a Slammy Award? Oh, you'll see. Oh, God. It's a nothing match. There's literally nothing to say. The only good thing about it was Tassel Boots and Owen doing their promo. Uh, Furnace and LaFon win with the half Nelson suplex. Again, they're pretty good in the ring, but literally no one gives a shit. You can hear a pin drop with the crowd. The crowd just don't well, give a fuck snoring about any of these guys. I was as well. So it leads into the final segment of the show. Overall, this show's not been good. It sucks. That's pretty bad. No wonder WCW was, you know, owning them in the ratings. I mean, this is just not One Tree good Hill television. was the star of this podcast honestly, episode. I honestly liked 
One Tree Hill a little bit more than this episode. Wow, I never thought I'd get him to admit that. Sand Stone Cold. Stone Cold puts it over the top for me, but if Stone Cold wasn't there, this is damn near an unwatchable episode of Monday Night Raw. It was terrible. Sid's in the ring. He's the new world champ. He's the man. He's the master. In no. the Dude, he was not like keeping his teeth closed yeah. the whole time. He had his mouth like he was wide out in the open crowd. a lot. He was out in the crowd. He was like he wanted, really talking. He wanted to enunciate a little bit. It wasn't a backstage promo. Uh, he said something about ramen noodles or something. I don't know. <laughs> and he called Bret Hart the Bret man, not the hit man, because Sid's so good on the mic. He is the master and the ruler of the world. So, prediction time. Now we're only three episodes in. Who is the man that dethrones Psycho Sid for the world title? If you had to make a prediction. I I can't even make a (laughs) prediction. Prediction. Take a shot. I can't even make a prediction. But now we're only three episodes in. You're making a prediction now for Shiggles. <laughs> shiggles? Yeah, shits and giggles. It's Shiggles. Uh, You're I making know. a prediction now, and then after we watch more and you get a little bit more acquainted and you get a little bit the more knowledge. The only person I really know was Stone Cold Steve Austin, so and think- that's only because of you. So I'm going to say him just because I don't know anyone. Like It's not like in One Tree Hill where you get continuous like character development, you know? Like, it's different you get these cuts of these guys just like bashing it out and it's hard for me to like really be able to make a call on that when it's something simple as like who's gonna win in this match and i can kind of see like what's going on you kind of for most of them it starts out where one guy's beating the other guy's ass but usually Mm -hmm. the guy whose ass is getting beat comes out on top because all of a sudden the tables turn and he's underdog story yeah but now i just want to get your kind of what i'm going for is the prediction early on as opposed to later down the road how it will change for you because you get acquainted to the product and you get the knowledge so at this point you're thinking yeah stone cold he's coming across pretty good on television he's an ass kicker he's this he's that he's a heel it's not even that it's just i know his name the most fair enough it's I you're getting me coming into this with like absolutely no knowledge of wrestling um and you don't have to make predictions for one tree hill so what are you fucking talking about i make predictions for one tree hill not like this there's no world champions in one tree hill that I have to make predictions I know. for. I made a prediction about Lucas owning the first or the second basketball game that he played with varsity because I knew he would. I'd never seen that fucking episode and I predicted that he would kill it. And what did he do? That's exactly what he, he did. did it. Watching only a couple episodes. But that's different. Because the thing is, is you're getting me a compare. Like, I don't even know who I'm all comparing with Pick this. whoever you want. You think Nissan Leaf Cassidy? He could probably be Psycho Sid. I have no fucking <laughs> Savio Vega, you know, he's coming up real hard. You know, There's he got so beat by a two by four. Them. He could probably beat Psycho Sid. Yeah. No. What about uh, what about Rocky Maivia? He's undefeated. He's had one match. <laughs> He's undefeated. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like this is a hard prediction 
to get me to truly make it this point. But you're close to my heart because you're predicting Stone Cold Steve Austin and I'm okay with that. Uh huh. So that'll be it for this week's episode of the Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. I hope you enjoyed episode three. Yeah. Please like, subscribe, do all, you know, all that shit at Tree Hill WF dot podcast i got it right this time yeah rather. like us on instagram. instagram sometimes i post funny stuff but TikTok. otherwise you know we're parents and sometimes it's really hard to keep up with that like we record once the kiddos go to bed but like dude yeah sometimes it's hard to be like oh i have to make up like content for instagram and then it's like oh the baby needs to be fed TikTok, cool. Facebook, Instagram, and then you can find us on any streaming podcast sites, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Deezer. Deezer, Deez Nuts, you know, the, you know the drill. Tune in, whatever you want, and that's about it. Any final words? Not really, but that, that uh, Monday Night Raw was lame. Mm. This next one better be, like, next wrestling part better really grab my attention because right now sorry <laughs> i don't have high hopes for it and that's about a bottom line because stone cold said so <laughs>